Excuse me. Is this going to be edited? Um, we'll probably just do one take. <laughs> I can cut that out, though. Hey everybody, Jim Baker here. Just a quick note before we get into episode number 17. I think that that's a huge accomplishment. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening and getting us this far. Please continue to share this podcast with your friends, but a little update on us. My wife and I have recently relocated to Tennessee and we're working with another ministry here. And we've got quite a few more episodes from Hawaii that were pre-recorded and we're going to continue to release those weekly for you guys. And since this show does require time and money to produce, we've recently partnered with Audible.com to give you listeners a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook so you can check out some of the great resources that are mentioned on this show. There is an Audible.com link on the right side of DoingMinistryWell.com, or you can go directly to AudibleTrial.com slash DoingMinistryWell to claim your 30-day free trial and free audiobook. We've also added a donate button on the right-hand side of our webpage, doingministrywell.com. And if you found this podcast to be of value to you and you'd love to help us keep it going, go ahead and click that button, donate, and make your donation today. Thank you again so much for being one of our listeners. We hope that this podcast has inspired you, is giving you practical tips, and is helping you do ministry well. If you feel like contacting us, even just to say hi, please shoot us an email at doingministrywell at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Inspiring stories. Practical applications. Doing ministry well. All right. Aloha, everyone. Thank you for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. Um, we are again in beautiful Manoa, and uh, it's a beautiful day here. Um, in the studio today, we've got uh, the one and only uh, Dan Bauman. I'm going to play his theme song right here for you guys. Something I've always wanted to do. All right, Dan Bauman, everybody. Dan, thanks for being in the studio with us today. Thank you. I'm so glad that you picked up on my favorite theme song. Yeah, absolutely. I've always wanted to do that. I'm glad we could. <laughs> I'm glad we could just share in that moment together. Uh, Dan, it's yeah, it's a real honor to have you here. Um, I remember hearing you speak for the first time in Talladega, Alabama. I was a DTS student at the Southeast Staff Conference, and uh, something that. I really just loved about your teaching was just the purity and just uh, intimacy with the Lord and something that you quoted um, that I, has always stuck with me is, is the quote that you say that says, everything you ever want to do for God should be the natural overflow of intimacy with God. And uh, that's just been a real, yeah, a real key message in my life. So I really appreciate um, your influence on, you. in my life. So Dan, how long have you been doing ministry? I have been full-time in YWAM now for 27 years. 27 years. That's awesome. And uh, what are you up to currently right now? Currently right now, I've been uh, based in Kona, Hawaii, um, at the YWAM base there. And I'm there about half the year, traveling about half the year. And I'm connected in Kona with one of the smaller groups. It's called Awaken. And we run uh, DTSs as well as send out people to do ministry in different parts of the world. And then when I travel, I'm speaking primarily in DTSs and churches and conferences and wherever I can. That's awesome. Dan, there's a huge part of your testimony um, that maybe some of our viewers or listeners rather um, don't know about. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes, I 
lived in Afghanistan for 10 years, which really warmed my heart to that part of the world. From there, I <clears throat> moved to a neighboring country called Turkmenistan, where I began to live as a missionary. And uh, it was there that I went with a friend of mine on a short uh, mission strip into Iran. Long story short, we ended up being put in prison. We were beaten every day. We were there with death sentences on our life. I was in isolation the whole time. And it was the loneliest and the craziest time of my life. It was a time where I never thought I would get out of prison. I never knew what was up or down. I was, yeah, just very, very difficult. My friend was released after five weeks. He was actually, is actually a South African man. And because of negotiations from South Africa, he was able to be released. I was actually traveling on my Swiss passport, my father's Swiss, my dad's being an American. And um, yeah, it was a Swiss who primarily did negotiation for me as there's no American political presence in Iran. But yeah, the story has become uh, yeah, a big part of my testimony. I, I really felt at the end of my ropes, not just you know being in prison in Iran, but at the end of my ropes myself. Hmm. I have always struggled with <clears throat> yeah, different things, and in prison it just seemed to be, yeah, on steroids with fears and doubts and insecurities, and yeah, it was a very hard time. I, I'm not that amazing prisoner who was praising God all the time. Hmm. But in the midst of my despair, in the midst of my trauma, which has led me to the worst day of my life, I actually even attempted to take my life, but it was in that moment of deep, deep despair that I met God in a new and fresh way. That he rescued me, not just from prison, but from myself. And my nine weeks of being in prison is just a testimony to God's goodness. Hmm. As I thought I was going to be the rest of my life. Wow. Wow. Well, let's, let's take the flip side of that. What's been the biggest highlight um, of your ministry in, in the, you said 27 years of, of full-time ministry? 27 years, for sure. The biggest highlight is just the general highlight of life, which is Jesus. Hmm. Um, knowing Jesus, enjoying Jesus, becoming closer with Jesus. I've always been challenged by that scripture that says the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a treasure in a field and in his joy he went and sold all he had so that he could get that treasure. And I've just found that scripture to be true over and over and over again. That, yeah, all the wonderful things God's allowed me to do around the world, the people he's allowed me to see, and know areas of the world has allowed me to teach and minister. For sure, knowing God and my relationship with God growing has been the highlight of it all. Hmm. You said uh, just simply enjoying God. What, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I am a big believer in our relationship with God being just that, a relationship where you get to know Him as a friend. It's been very much a mark of my life as I grew up very lonely without friends. And in my relationship with God, as it began to spark, came this revelation that God um, wants to be friends with us, that he cares about what we care about, that he actually likes us, that he likes what we like. And this, the beauty of involving Jesus in life rather than him being a side note for most of your life and then, you know, just being a part of what we call spiritual stuff. Yeah, actually involving him in all of life has really been part of not only my journey, but what I teach. 
So enjoying God is simply acknowledging that he's with us, acknowledging that he's for us, and his peace and his joy, yeah, growing in a natural way as we involve him in everyday life. Hmm. You've been on the, on the road recently. Do you have a story um, just recently of, of you being able to enjoy God in that way? Yes, I just had the privilege of being in Norway and Germany in the last 10 days. And for sure, in Norway, um, we got to this camp. We were asked to speak at this camp maybe uh, four hours from Oslo in the mountains. And as we were there, had amazing times with people who were very, very hungry. And yeah, it was just a very special time for us. We had a lot of free time in the afternoons as this, that's what the schedule opened up. And just even being in my room or just going for walks or just, yeah, being in the snow and in, in a place that was just very different from what my normal life is was very much a place where I experienced the, the joy of the Lord, the peace of God. And I also was able to just experience the goodness of God and in talking with people and seeing them experience for the first time, many of them, that they could walk with God. Hmm. I met many Christians who had never been told that God wanted to hang out with them, that God wanted to be a friend, and to be someone who could actually encourage them in that was just very life-giving. Hmm. That's awesome. Um, yeah, the next question is, what's your biggest struggle been um, in ministry, and uh, how did you overcome that? My biggest struggle in ministry... That's a good question. <clears throat> I would say the biggest struggle has definitely been loneliness. Um, you know, I've, I'm 51, and I'm single, and I've had many moments, especially when I lived in Afghanistan, where just being single, yeah, it was really tough. Um, it's not something that's just gone away or that I've learned to deal with. But yeah, it kind of comes in waves where, where you struggle with loneliness, sometimes more, sometimes less. But like many things in our life, sometimes our greatest struggles are connected to our greatest victories. Hmm. And I would say that loneliness has really been probably the biggest trigger for me to find more of God. Hmm. And I can only say that God's been faithful in meeting me. And when I'm lonely now, I run to God and it doesn't necessarily take away some of that pain. But finding God has been far and above better. Hmm. And so my bouts with loneliness are very little right now. My enjoyment of God is very high. And I would say, yeah, God just can meet us. He can meet us in our struggles. He can meet us in our challenges. Yes, not only at the one time, but even struggles that we might continue to have. And I have found that God's presence and his joy and his peace is very real. And friendship with God is real, even when, yeah, all your friends are getting married, all your friends have families, and it seems like you're on this, your own path. Yeah, God is very real. Hmm, hmm. Has there been daily disciplines that you've had to cultivate to, to really cling to Jesus in, in those times of loneliness? <clears throat> I would say, simply, the main discipline is probably the only one, and that's simply this, that you want to, yeah, include God all the time. Huh. Um, how that looks can vary to how God leads you, but yeah, for me, it's simply been, God, what should I do now? God, what should I do next? 
I'm very challenged by the scripture where Jesus says, me and the Father are one. I only do what the Father tells me, which causes me to realize that Jesus lived in a very interconnected place with the Father. And so his, Jesus' main discipline, I think, was simply running to God, hmm. running to his Father and asking what to do next. And that's really been my main discipline. And again, from that place, God can lead us into a consistency of you know, Bible reading or worship or other dis- things we call disciplines. But what's behind that, hopefully, is just that God's led us into that place. And so that, simply put, has really been the only thing that's really helped me, is that I, I will not, yeah, go very long in my day without including God in it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, the core of the show is, is just asking uh, people that, are, that have been doing ministry and are doing ministry now, what are three practical steps that you would give to others um, doing ministry and, and how to do it well? How to do it well, I would... <clears throat> The greatest gift I ever had in my life is my constant awareness of my need of God. Hmm. So I think at the very core of doing ministry well is being constantly aware of our need of God. very core of doing ministry well is constant going to God, hunger for God, hunger, needing God, going to God, my own personal private life being in a good place. I like to call it personal revival. Am I walking in personal revival? Is my heart coming alive with the things of God, knowing God, enjoying God every day? Is that a growing constant in my life? If that is uh, a growing thing, I find ministry, yeah, it just seems to be go well, whether it's ministry that's super fruitful or not super fruitful. or. But yeah, if I'm doing well privately in my life, it really has helped me in my ministry. Hmm. And I would say that that's definitely the number one thing to do. The second thing I, that's really helped me in a consistent, you know, long-term ministry is make sure I'm always connected to community. Hmm. And community can be even a few people or it can be a larger number of people. But make sure that I'm walking together in life with people who have, you know, some similar core values, similar vision, that I'm not just being a lone ranger, that I'm not just doing it on my own. And that has really, really helped me to... Uh, yeah, survive and thrive long term is to walk away from isolation. Sometimes isolation seems to be easier or the only way to do things once you realize that your ideas or your ministry is a little different than others. But it's so important to fight through that and say, no, I'm going to stay connected with people, even if we think a little different or even if we do things a little different, because I'd rather have community and that sense of accountability and vulnerability with others and not have that. Hmm. And that's really been a big help for me. And then I would say the third thing that has really, really helped me in, in yeah, just long-term ministry is a constant, yeah, revelation of heaven. Uh, we don't live for this earth. We live for something else. Um, not to sound holy, but when you constantly are thinking about heaven and what's eternal and values that are eternal, which Jesus often challenges us to do, it puts things in perspective. Hmm. It causes you not to worry if finances are up or down. It causes you to get excited about opportunities in the future for ministry. It allows you to not feel like you're missing out when you look at your friends and family who seem to be thriving 
you know, physically with money. Hmm. And it also helps you through struggle. Many times in ministry, it's your friends who aren't in ministry are happier. They're more joyful. They're more fulfilled. You know, and that almost seems like a paradox. But oftentimes stopping and saying, no, I'm just so grateful that even though it's small, even though it might be so significant, my values and what I live out is connected to eternity. It's connected mm-hmm. to eternal values. That's good. And that's really helped me. That's awesome. Uh, let's go back to your first one. You, you uh, used a term that I haven't heard before, personal revival. Can you just expound on that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the word revival gets thrown around. I would just simply say, is your best time with Jesus, has it been in the last couple of weeks? Hmm. Or is it a story where you look back at, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, where there was a special moment? Or has there been something that's been really recent? And I really believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. He wants to help us where we're at. He's not far away. But sometimes life, busyness, circumstances causes our heart to grow a little numb to experiencing God's goodness and His presence. Sometimes we're not around people that are experiencing a sense of renewal regularly. So what I mean by personal revival is, is that on a very regular basis, it might not be every day, but yeah, within definitely days, there's a sense of needing God, wanting God, hunger for God that's growing, Hmm. passion for God. These things are alive and well. Um, that there's no sense of Christianity ever being a religious activity, but there's a sense of it being full of life because God is alive and we're meeting God in some way. We're experiencing who he is in some way, whether that be in what we do on our own, in the car, while we're eating, but we, we just know that he's with us and we know that uh, him and I are in a good place. Hmm. So good. personal revival is just, yeah, making sure that us and Jesus are in a good place. Hmm. Uh, you also mentioned just knowing your need for God and hungering for God. Um, yeah, can you expand on that a little bit too? I think we really look down, especially when we're younger, on on weakness. It's something that many people want to find a way out of. Hmm. Uh, confidence is really something that people are longing to have. And I've always felt weak. I've always felt lack of confidence in many things. I've, hmm. I wouldn't be that guy who was most likely to succeed. But in that sense of just needing um, help, I am so grateful that it's caused me to run to God. If I feel weak or lack of confidence, I'm going to run to God more. If I feel totally strong and confident in doing things, which is great, but it's very possible that I won't be encouraged to run to God because I'll be able to do it on my own. God wants to kick independence in the butt. Independence is not godly. Independence is, yeah, very much pushed in our society, but the Christian life, especially as modeled by Jesus, was all about dependency on the Father. And so I've always asked God, God, feel free to cause my circumstances to shift so that I will need you. So that I will want you. So that I will be desperate for you. Mm. I want to live in that place. I don't want to be so comfortable in my life and in my ministry to where I don't need you on a regular basis. Mm. 
shift things around so I need you. Wow. And that's really been life-giving. Sounds like a dangerous prayer. It is a dangerous prayer because it causes us to realize that, you know, is, is being comfortable our end goal? Is being satisfied our end goal? Is um, being happy our end goal? Or is Jesus our end goal? Hmm. And if we really want Jesus, is if he's really the prize, if he's really the treasure in the field, if he's really what we're living for, that we're going to constantly ask God to rearrange our lives so that we will need him and want him. This whole term being unsettled is a really beautiful reality. Hmm. It is something that we are pushed away from as we get older and have families and kids and we want everything to be safe and settled. But again, in that place of being safe and settled, which is again, is not a problem. It's great to have that. But within that, whether you have that or not, are we needing God? Are we desperate for God? If we don't have God show up in the next week, are we going to be sad about it? Or are we just okay with living life? Hmm. And needing and wanting and yeah, desiring God is at the core of life. And I long for that for all my friends who feels really settled and you know, very satisfied with their life. To be honest, I just think Jesus is better. Hmm. And I think he is the treasure. And if we allow ourselves to open up our lives for him to change things, for him to move things around, for him to make our life less comfortable. We're going to experience more of who he is, and more of who he is will be greater than anything else we could have ever had in life. Do you feel like your kind of core message about this intimacy with Jesus was really formed in that nine weeks of prison, or do you think that that was something, a track that you were already on before that experience? Again, not to belittle my time in prison or to make it sound like I'm Joe Holy, but yeah, I was 16 years old when someone came to my church and they said that everything you do for God needs to be the overflow of intimacy with God. They repeated it a few times and it was in that place that I thought, okay, intimacy with God is something I need to figure out. Hmm. And it was in that place that I began to discover the unconditional love of God, began to discover that he wanted to be friends with me. So I would say from age 16 throughout my whole life, there's been a steady growth of understanding of the love of God, the fact that he's for me, the fact that he's with me. Yes, prison was a very unique time where I learned a lot about God, but you know, to be honest, I learned a lot about God before and since. Hmm. That's awesome. Um, what's been inspiring you lately? Has there been a book, a resource, a YouTube video, a, a song called This Is Why I'm Hot, or uh, <laughs> anything like that that's really been serving as an inspiration for you lately? Yeah, I, I'm often inspired by worship songs. I love to get one worship song that I like and put it on repeat even up for a month. Hmm. Just over and over and over, because the words just bring life. And there's a, a Bethel song that came out last year that has a very simple lyrics that are repeated over and over with the simple title that says, May we never lose the wonder. Mm. May we never lose our wonder. And basically the song goes on to say, Are we in awe? Are we in wonder of the greatness of God? And may we live in that place of, oh my goodness, God's with me. Oh my goodness, God's for me. Oh my goodness, I get to be his child. There are moments I, I hear in, you know, in salvation stories from people where they're just so grateful that they were rescued. 
They're so grateful that they have life. They're so grateful that they can walk with Jesus. I want that to be my disposition of heart until I die. Hmm. Always just grateful for another day, grateful for life. And yeah, that song has really inspired me to live in that place of thankfulness. Hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Dan, if people want to hear a little bit more about your story, you've written a couple books. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah. If people want to know more about me or what I'm up to, you can go to my website, danbauman.com. On that are different resources, both YouTube clips and different video clips I've made over the years. I've also had the privilege of writing three books, which again is just testimony to God's goodness as I never planned to write a book. But I have a book about my imprisoned time, um, which was a nine-week time a few years ago. That book has actually had a shift of titles. It was called Imprisoned in Iran, and as of 2015, it's now called Cell 58. Both titles being the same book, and you can get that at Amazon. Um, I've written a second book. It's a short discipleship book talk, pushing people to experiencing the love of God, walking in daily friendship with God, and it's got the title A Beautiful Way basically encouraging people that if you put Jesus at the center of all you do, you will find that it's a beautiful way. You will find it life-giving in your, in your life. Huh. And then a third book has just come out this year. It's real exciting for me, having 10 years of not having a book. Yeah, it just came out. Through a lot of my travels and contacts with people, I find so many people are struggling with fear. So I've written a book about it. I personally have struggled with fear, and so I've written from a very raw, vulnerable place of how Jesus has met me and helped me in the midst of my fear. The title of the book is called A Fresh Look at Fear, with the subtitle Encountering Jesus in Your Weakness. All three of these books are available on Amazon, and yeah, my hope is that these books can help people find God. That's awesome, that's awesome. Dan, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, Would you just close us out by praying for our listeners? Thank you so much, Jesus, for the privilege to yeah be in ministry, the privilege to walk with you and serve you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're always with us. And I pray, Lord Jesus, no matter where people are at who are listening today, no matter what's going on, no matter what circumstances are happening, I pray that you would be real. I pray that your presence and your goodness and your love would become evident. I pray, God, for all of us that Yeah, it truly would be in the coming days that it would be the best time of our life with you. Thank you that you're not far away, that you want to meet us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dan, thanks so much for being on the show. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. You want me to play your uh, theme music on the way out? Sure, why not? All right, man. Here we go. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about Doing Ministry Well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your hosts, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjessasinjessicabaker.com. 
All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.